Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. We're in a season of revival. A few weeks ago, I preached a message from restriction to revival. You might be tempted to think I'm going to preach from revival to restriction, but that is not what is happening because uh, restriction to revival is more than a natural circumstance. It's a supernatural reality that God is doing in all of our lives. And it may not feel like that at the moment. And uh, for me, I've really been searching the heart of God over this last week as to, God, what do you want me to say to your people? And then as we heard the news of another lockdown, uh, I found myself, to be honest, yesterday on my face before God for five or six hours, just seeking God and asking Him to speak to me. And I've changed my message that I was going to bring today at the start of the week because God's put a fresh word upon my heart for you. And I want to bring that word. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to get into it. Father, I thank you that you speak in real time and that God, you have not left us to our own resources, our own efforts, our own energy to get through this season. But God, you have given us supernatural provision in your word and in the power of your Holy Spirit. I'm praying, oh God, in these next few moments as we listen and as we lean into your word that this preaching, this sermon, this moment would be an act of worship. And that Lord, together, we would hear what the Spirit is saying to your church. Father, that there would be a quickening to our hearts that would inspire us and encourage us, oh God, as to what it is that you want our focus to be in this season. God, we thank you that you're with us, you love us, and you're going to speak to us today, I know it. And God, I just pray that you get all the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, I want to invite you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, uh, grab your Bibles out, listen in, read along with me. Verse 27, I'm going to read to verse 31. The prophet Isaiah is speaking, God is speaking through him. And verse 27 says this, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths, the prophet says, shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord. Another translation says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Today, I want to speak to you on the subject, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. I wonder if you've ever asked God the question, why? Why did this happen? Why did that doctor's report happen? Why did that person die? Why didn't that work out the way that we thought it was going to work out? And maybe in this season, you've been filled with a whole lot of whys, asking God, why is all of this happening on the planet? 
why is an interesting question. And I found myself yesterday as I was in prayer and worship asking God why. I've discovered in life, why doesn't always get answered the way you want. And that can be a really frustrating thing at times. And the most important thing is what you do with your why. You've got to make sure that you filter your why through the character of God. Why do you say that, Pastor Corey? There's another why question. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because God's character is the only true thing in this broken world that we can trust. The Bible says that Jesus stays the same yesterday, today and forever. Which means that God's character, His integrity, His love, His faithfulness, His purpose, His intention for your life remains the same. Who God is hasn't changed in this season just because of the paradoxes and contradictions that we find ourselves in. Maybe the way God works changes. The way the Holy Spirit works in your life is very dynamic and it changes from season to season, but God's character stays the same. Numbers 23, 19 The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Every one of us go through seasons where we feel overlooked and we feel our prayers have been disregarded by God. We're in a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been praying our heads off, praying our stomachs empty, And uh, we've been believing that God is going to move powerfully, not just in the moment, but in the lead up to our conference and beyond, across our city, across our communities, our families, our businesses, and our own personal lives. And, And you see what's happening around you in the news and what's going on in the world. And you're like, God, are you listening to our prayers? Have your prayers Uh, Are these prayers being disregarded? Are are we being overlooked? And you need to know we wouldn't be the first people in history to ever wonder that or think that thought. You see here, even in the text in verse 27, Israel are wondering whether God has disregarded them. Israel are asking the question, why? The prophet says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. The Bible is filled with example after example, character after character of people who felt unjustly treated and went through all sorts of contradictions and paradoxes where they thought that God had in fact forgotten them. You and I are not the only ones in this season to face some challenging circumstances. And one of those was a man by the name of Job. Job was a person who was a God-fearer. He was righteous. He loved God. He worshipped God. But in one day, he lost everything. He lost his children. He, he lost his wealth, his livestock. He lost his credibility and reputation as a man of influence and leadership and authority in the East. And in one day, everything was lost. And then 
Another day, the next day, his health, in fact, was taken away from him. Boils broke out across his body. He was scraping them, in fact, with, with pottery. That's a bad day when, when you're at that point. And even his own wife was saying to him, curse God and die. So there wasn't any sort of support or encouragement coming from the immediate family. There was so many things that, that Job could have pointed to and felt unjustly treated, disregarded, and as if God had overlooked him. And yet in Job 23 verse 8, we read about this intense challenge, this intense wrestle that Job was going through and his resolve within it. It says in verse 8, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. I go backward, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come out as pure gold. Job continues and says, My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and I have not turned aside. You see, like Job, you and I find ourselves in a season where it can feel a little bit dark and like you're searching and groping in the darkness for the presence of God. Where is he in the midst of this? Where is all this going to end up? But you need like Job to make a decision today. My feet will continue to walk out according to the steps of the Lord for my life. I will resolve my heart and my mind and my spirit to keep His way. It may not be how I all thought it was going to turn out, but even in the midst of disappointment and tragedy, Job made a decision that he was going to keep the way of the Lord. Paul echoing the same sentiment in the New Testament to the church in Ephesus, he says, having done all to stand firm. I don't know if you feel in this season like I've done everything I know to do to try and get through. If you're in business and economically right now, you're facing all sorts of challenges in your work life and your, your, your employment situation. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe there's been a very slow delay in receiving finances. Maybe finances have just stopped. You've got to make a decision that having done all, stand firm. Maybe you find yourself in a season where you're in ministry and you're watching this and you've done everything you know to do to try and be faithful to what it is that God has called you to do after having done all, stand firm. Parents with kids in homeschooling, you've done everything you know what to do after having done all, stand firm. You say, what are we standing firm on in a season where there is so much shaking and quaking around us? What we're standing firm on is the character of God. You see, you need to understand what is happening right now. God is working behind the scenes in your life. This is a behind the scenes season. This is not a season of spotlight on centre stage of your life and everything's just flying and momentum is moving forward. That's not that type of season. You've got to make sure that you bring the right expectation to the right season or else you're going to get disillusioned. This season, we're all in on the planet. The church is in, we're individually in. God is working behind the scenes. 
Not everything that God does in your life is in the spotlight of centre stage. God has a habit in throughout history in His sovereignty and in His plan of doing things in the hidden places doing things behind the scenes. And if you will respond well in the shadows, God will reward you in the spotlight. You see, something tells me that this season that we're in is a test. The shadow is a test. And often we don't realise that how we're responding in this season, how what we are looking towards, what we're focusing upon in this season could in fact be a test and a precursor to the reward and the revival and the fruitfulness that God wants to bring across this city. And I'm telling you, Numa Church, we have got to respond Godward in this season and not manward. We cannot falter during this time. I see a lot of my compatriots and peers, even in the ministry, and I love them and I'm praying for them. But some of them, unfortunately, are stepping back. They're retreating into a place of passivity. They're bunkering down. And many believers are even, in fact, doing this. No, you've got to respond Godward. Don't get angry at people, get worshipping God. You've got to respond Godward and not respond manward because God is watching us in this season. God is watching you in this season. This is your test. This is a test that God is calling us to pass. You see, I, like you, have seriously entertained giving up in the shadow seasons of life. I remember years ago, went through an 18-month period of time where I threw everything at my ministry, everything at what God had called us to do, and nothing was budging, nothing was working. And, and I sort of stepped back to try and protect my own heart and protect my own sanity through that season. And I realised that in the midst of me feeling like I wanted to give up in the shadow seasons of life, I had a choice. I had a decision to make. I had a response to make, which every single person watching this has. Whether you are going to retreat into self-pity or you're going to assume a posture of praise and even though you don't understand what or why or how, you're going to trust the character of God. I remember when we are in Mangan's Road for two years and our family was in those two little Bible college rooms and nothing was going on. No money was coming in. We're like, what the heck is happening? And I, I, I remember thinking, oh, this is worthless. It's pointless. And many of you have thought that in this season. It's too hard. Gonna give up, gonna walk away. But again, I came back to the truth. I can trust the character of God in this shadow season. This too is a test. And then when I saw my mother uh, breathe her last breath and then months after months uh, after month of, of the throes of grief. And I remember reading a letter that I wrote to her at her burial site many, many months later, my heart just breaking and I, 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 I couldn't understand. I was filled with why, but all of a sudden I realised I can trust the character of God in this season. This lockdown season for you is a shadow season. It's a behind the scenes season that you can trust the character of God. It is a test. It is not the full stop and it is not an exclamation mark on your future and your purpose and what God has called you to. James 1, 2 and 4 says, count it all joy, even if you fake it, at least fake it till you make it. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know, 
that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I don't know if you've ever tasted or eaten a half-cooked meal, but it doesn't taste very good. We were at a staff retreat a couple of years ago where they brought out half-cooked chicken uh, to to the meal and some of the team was feeling a little bit off uh, as they began to bite into that chicken. If you've ever eaten a half-cooked meal or half-cooked meal, it's not good. It doesn't taste very good or it actually can make you feel sick. You need to understand that the master chef called Jesus Christ is cooking something in the oven of your heart and the heat that you feel in this season is your character being brought to completion so that when you emerge like Job out of this season, the world can taste and see that God is good in your life. There's nothing wrong with to have the smell of smoke on you as you come out of the fire, but just make sure that your heart is sweet because the world doesn't need to hear a complaining church. The world needs to hear a God glorifying, praising church. And we've got to make a decision in this season about how we're going to respond to what it is that's coming against us. You see, while God is working behind the scenes, remember You've got to remember, do not develop spiritual amnesia. You've got to remember God's character can be trusted. When you're in a train and you go through a tunnel, you don't throw away the ticket when it gets dark and say, oh, it's all darkness, it's the end of the world. No, you sit still and you trust the engineer of that tunnel that you will come out the other side of that tunnel. You trust the driver that he knows what he's doing. We've got to be still and know that he is God. He's the divine engineer. He is the driver of our lives. He's the one who orders our steps. You've got to sit still and trust the character of God. Verse 28 says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You've got to remember. You've got to recall. Oh God, I pray that we would not develop spiritual amnesia in this season. Don't forget in the dark what God has told you in the light. Don't forget the prophecies previously made about you. Don't forget that which has been declared over your past. That's why you need a word life. So you can go back to the testimonies and the memorials. Why is it that God asked Joshua and all the leaders of Israel to build memorial stones to a move of God? It was to go back and see where God had been faithful and where God had moved miraculously. We've been singing it all morning that He is a God of breakthrough and victory and the battle belongs to the Lord. You're going to go back and recall how God sustained you through this circumstance and that contradiction and that valley and He has not left you in this season. The same God who rescued you, the same God who brought you through there will be the same God who brings you through this and you've got to recall to mind the character of God. You've got to remember that God is eternal. Bible says He is the everlasting God, which means He exists outside the time and space continuum. 
He is not intimidated by what is going on on the planet at this time. He's not, you know, scratching his head, breaking out in a sweat. Let's grab a mangy uh, wing of the angel to help, you know, comfort me like a blanket. God is not, He's not getting confused about what to do or what's happening on the planet. Before you and I were, He was. After you and I are, He still will be because He is eternal. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows the the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And He knows that He's weaving His master sovereign plan in the midst of what is going on on the planet. And while the earth totters and its inhabitants are all foreboding in fear, what are we gonna do? Bunkering down. God is, is bold as a lion. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Why? Because we trust the eternal nature of who God is. You gotta remember that God is creator. The prophet uh, exhorts us to remember who our God is, creator God. In Genesis 1-3, the Bible says that God said, let there be light and there was light. You need to understand that the sun in all of its brilliance and power it was, it is a derivative of God's spoken word, that the breath of heaven spoke through Him and the sun that brings light and energy, not just to us, but to the entire universe is, is actually a derivative of God's spoken word. So that tells me that no matter what seems to be uh, ending or falling apart or, or coming to an end, that God is a creative God that can speak new things into your life, new things into our city, new things into our nation, new things into our ministry, new things into our life because He is a creative God and He uses His mouth, the spoken word to create new things. You can remember that God is inexhaustible. He doesn't ever faint Weary, lactic acid doesn't build up in his muscles and he just, you know, I've got to have a break. He doesn't need electrolytes. He doesn't need a nap. He doesn't need anything that we need. He is inexhaustible. Jeremiah the prophet in 32, 27 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? It's a rhetorical question. Of course not, because he is God. Just this last couple of weeks, I had someone direct message me on Instagram asking a whole lot of real significant faith questions. And they just couldn't wrap their mind around that God was perfect. Surely there must be something wrong with Him with what's happening in the world, a classic sort of perspective on God. Isn't it interesting how when everything goes pear-shaped, people blame God, but they don't point to the foolishness of man and they don't point to the evil that's going on in the world. For some reason, the devil has, has masqueraded himself as an angel of light and deceived so many people into blaming God for all that's going. But I'm telling you, God is perfect. God is omnipotent. God is all-knowing. God is omniscient. He is all-powerful. He's inexhaustible. And one of the primary responsibilities that we as the church have in this season is to keep presenting a brilliant picture, an accurate picture of who God is. God is creator. God is perfect. God is inexhaustible. And that means God is without comparison. See, in Romans eleven thirty three, 33, Paul 
having a revelation about the character of God, he says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. In other words, God, you are without comparison. You, you can't read this book and get to the end of it and say, I've worked it all out now. Oh no, you look at it a million times and yet on the ne- very next time you'll find something new because his word is inexhaustible. His Truth is without comparison. Who God is can be trusted. And who God is determines what God does. Because what He does in your life flows out of who He is. And so not only can God's character be trusted in this season, but God's ways can be trusted in the middle of your paradox. The Bible says in verse 29 to 30, that God gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. What the prophet is pointing to is that God provides what we need for the paradox. What's a paradox? It's a contradiction. It wasn't supposed to turn out this way. I for sure, uh, leading the church, and even though I'm prophetic and can foresee some things, the Bible says we know in part, prophesy in part. I don't know many prophets that saw all of this coming uh, for, you know, 18 months. And the reality is whilst we know in part and prophesy in part, I didn't foresee that, you know, the first three years of my wife and I into a new season that nearly two years of that was going to be spent in lockdown. And yet God in His richness and His mercy and His grace actually said, you know what? My grace will be sufficient for you. My strength will be made perfect. Yet you haven't seen it coming, but I'm doing something behind the scenes. I'm working in the shadow lands of your life. I'm doing something in the hidden places because I want to do something you can't do in your own strength. It's a contradiction. God, when you go to the doctor and you hear the report, wasn't supposed to turn out that way. You wake up one day and a spouse says, I don't love you anymore. I've had an affair, I'm walking away. Wasn't supposed to turn out that way. When a boss comes to you and says, you've lost your job, what? I've studied at university. It wasn't supposed to turn out that way. A paradox, a contradiction. But if you can trust the character of God, then you can also trust He is a solution for the contradiction and the paradox that you find yourself in. His ways can be trusted. You need to understand that your flesh and your willpower can only take you so far. You can't muscle your way through this season. I don't care how positive you are. In fact, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit, you know, I've had a gut for, I'm a little bit up to here with all the positive platitudes and, you know, just hold on and just stick it through. And, and, and all, all the things that we say that sound nice, but they mean nothing. It's all flattery. It doesn't actually, it it comes from a good heart and intention, but it's not going to sustain you. And my voice just broke like I'm in adolescence. It's not going to sustain you when the devil is assaulting your mind. It's not going to sustain you when you've spent nearly 200 days in isolation and you're lonely and all you want is someone to speak to you and give you a hug, call you up, ask how you're going. Nice platitudes aren't going to sustain you, but I tell you what will is God's character. God's ways, God's goodness. Even for those of you who are youthful, on the youthful side of life, youthfulness can deceive you into thinking you're bulletproof and you can get through anything. 
And it's one of the blessings, but also the curses of youthfulness. But the prophet says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men shall fall exhausted. I saw a picture of this firsthand. If any parents ever watch their children or school kids run cross country, you turn up there to the cross country race and it's a three, four, five K race and, and the starter's gun goes off and hundreds of kids tear off like it's the blue ribbon, 100 metre event, the Olympics. And they're running wildly and they get to about three or 400 metres and kids are just sprawled out over the ground asking mum and dad for a can of Coke and can I not do this anymore? Why? Because immaturity will travel at an unsustainable pace. But when you grow up in God and you mature in God, you realise, I'm going to run back to the source of my strength. I'm going to run back to the source, the power source. Let me tell you, there is a secret source. Your mother had a secret source in her recipe. Well, the Word of God has a secret source. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit. It's called the Word of God. And you've got to run back to the source of your power if you are going to to get through this season. Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. You see, the posture that accesses the power of God is found in the prophet's text. Wait on the Lord. This passage says, wait for the Lord. Another passage says, wait upon or wait on the Lord. Verse 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. You know, we're all waiting for lockdown to end, but are we waiting on the Lord? We're all waiting for the boss to call us and say, You can come back to work, but are we waiting on the Lord? We're waiting for life to begin again. But let me tell you, you're living your life right now. And they may feel a little bit depressing. And I get that. It's like life is on hold and I can't do and you can't do what we normally would do. All the dreams and plans and hopes that we have. And we're waiting for something to shift. But let me tell you, are you waiting on the Lord? You've got to wait on the Lord while you wait for Him to act in your life. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And I'm like you, I, I'm curious. I ask questions of the Bible. I, I have a dialogue with God. Well, what does wait for the Lord mean? It actually means this. It means to rest with eager expectation that God will act. Rest, a posture of rest with eager expectation that God, you're gonna act. That's what it means. Doesn't mean you just, you know, bunker down, fold your hands, stay in bed all day, watch Netflix all day and just hope that somehow God's gonna come through. No, it's resting in the presence of God with eager expectation that God is going to act in your life. That doesn't require you to shout. doesn't require you to do, you know, spiritual gymnastics in worship. It just requires you to take a posture of rest with eager expectation that God is going to come through. And so rather than wrestling with frustration that God is delaying to act, we need to wait with 
with eager expectation that the Spirit of God is going to move in our hearts and our lives in the midst of the contradictions that we are facing. If you are only waiting for a positive press conference, you're going to be waiting for a very long time, my friends. If you are only waiting for this lockdown to end, you could be waiting just a few more weeks and months. But let me tell you something, as you wait upon the Lord, there is amazing things that will happen. The Lord will renew your strength. You know, the amazing thing about strength, even in the natural, worked as a personal trainer years ago, is that the only way you get stronger is by pressing against a resistance. You have to increase the resistance for your muscles, your physiology to grow stronger. And then after you push against the resistance, you now need to rest. Because the damage that's been done to your muscle tissue only grows stronger on the other side of resistance in rest. This is a season where there's resistance coming against us and resistance coming against you and you've got to press against that. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to wage a good warfare, but then you've got to rest. With eager expectation, you've got to give yourself permission to acknowledge what you feel in this season, but not live your life in, uh, under the lordship of what you feel, but surrender those feelings in a place of rest with eager expectation that God is going to act on your behalf. Bible says, if you wait on the Lord, that you will mount up with wings like eagles. You know how eagles soar with their wingspan to greater heights? They use their wings to actually find the current of the wind and they get higher and higher. In fact, they use the resistance of the wind. Often in storm currents, they use the resistance of the wind to actually get higher and higher. The storm that you're facing, the storm that we're going through right now, it can either crush you and drown you or you can soar and ascend to greater heights in the Spirit of God and in your own mind. It's all about how you respond. Bible says, wait on the Lord and you'll run and not be weary. Anyone who's ever gone out for a run or a jog or a sprint or whatever it is, you'll know that eventually lactic acid fatigues your muscles. You get tired, you get weary, you start to slow down. Well, apparently there's something in God where you can run and not be weary. There's something in God called supernatural strength, supernatural ability, supernatural presence, where you should be weary because of the natural course of things, but you don't become weary because you've waited on the Lord. Not only that, but the prophet says, as you wait on the Lord, you'll walk and not faint. I remember one time I was with a, a friend, a, a pastor, we hiked 30 kilometres over the Yarra Valley Ranges. Started early in the morning and we got to the 30K mark and we we're still about 11K from where we needed to be or actually beyond that. And uh, he was injured and tired and, and he'd become a little bit faint and we had to make a decision that we're gonna run back to the car. And so I had to, after 30 Ks of walking eight, nine, 10 hours that day, we had to, I had to run back to the car park for 11 K. So basically a marathon that day. And I remember feeling a little bit faint, a little bit weary towards the end of that run as we're heading back to the car park. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, I need some uh, go-go juice right now. I need some spiritual power. I need strength. And it's amazing when your strength fails, 
His glory and grace and strength in your life prevails. And you've got to make a decision what you are going to wait on. Are you going to wait for just news in the media to change your emotions and how you feel? Or are you going to wait on the Lord? You see, the strength that God provides isn't circumstantial, it's relational. It's accessed by faith. It's accessed by faith through worship. Can I encourage you in this season, worship while you wait. Every time that you feel that depression come on you, every time that you feel that oppression on your mind, every time that you feel that attack on your soul, I'm gonna choose to lift my hands and worship while I wait. Because in that moment, I find my strength gets renewed. There are lots of things you're not gonna understand about this life. But I tell you what, when you worship, it all gets into right perspective. The psalmist said, I don't understand why the wicked prosper. I don't understand why, why some people are getting away with what they're getting away with in this season. But then I went into the sanctuary of God's presence and I discerned their end and everything started to make sense as I worshiped while I waited. You see, waiting on the Lord looks like meditating upon the Word. I'm not talking about your little Bible reading for each day. Let me tell you, that, that's like sort of, you know, sucking on a little lolly. That, that's like nibbling at an entree to just read your little chapter Bible reading and that's a good start. It's a good start. But I'm talking about this Word becoming a part of you. You meditate upon it, you, 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 you scribble on it, you write down the things that God is showing you. If you looked at my Bible at this passage, there's stuff all over the place because it isn't just about having someone else look at my Bible and go, gee, you read your Bible. Oh no, I need this in my spirit in this season. I need this Word in my life. Meditate means more than just reading. I don't even care about just reading the, all the commentaries and all that. No, I need a Word from heaven. I need God to speak to me. I need something that will sustain me in this season. How do you wait on the Lord? You don't just worship, you meditate. You mutter the Word out. You get that Word on your lips and you get that into your spirit. Not only that, but you pray and you pray and pray until the anxiety leaves you. You pray. How do do you deal with anxiety? You uh, deal with it through prayer and petition. You lift up. Do not be anxious about anything, uh, but by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And this is what happens. Your strength starts to get renewed. Your spirit starts to get renewed. Your mind starts to get renewed. I began to think about how the health and beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar industry across the planet. Isn't it amazing how much we'll spend on health spas and massages and float tanks and green tea and Greek yogurt? It's amazing how much we will spend to, to, to renew our energy, to renew our strength. We'll go on holidays in exotic locations and sit by a pool to renew our strength. We'll spend gazillions of dollars when all along in Isaiah 40, every believer has access to the renewal of heaven. It's called wait upon the Lord. Worship while you wait. Meditate upon the Word. You know, I've discovered something about people who have a life of worship. It even affects their physical composition. 
There's something about their skin. There's something about their face and their eyes. They may be getting aging, but there's something about them that there is this renewal that comes. There's this strength that comes. Put away all of the treatments. Oh, do that as well if you want to. But all I'm saying is you better get, don't do all of that and don't wait on the Lord. You better get into that prayer closet. Yesterday for six hours, I just got into that walk-in robe and I shut the world away and put headphones on and for six hours, I just worshipped and I meditated and I prayed and I wrote an inspired word from heaven, not a word that I read in a book, but a word that God scripted on my heart because you know what, not, not just for you, but I can't just get through this season in just giving you messages off the internet. I actually need a word from heaven in this season. And I will not be a preacher and a prophet and an apostle that that ministers secondhand revelation from somebody else. I want a word from heaven for you because something tells me you can't get through this season without manna from heaven. The manna was fresh every morning. The manna was fresh every day. You're gonna get fresh manna for a new day of challenges and circumstances in your life. You see, every single one of us can wait on the Lord. And by waiting on the Lord, this is what you're telling God. God, I trust you with both the process and the outcome. I trust you with the process and the outcome. I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I trust you with the process and the outcome. And what God has called us to do as a church, and what God's called you to do, cannot be accomplished without waiting on the Lord. You know, if you, can, if you can accomplish your life without waiting on the Lord, you are living life in your strength on your terms. Full stop. If you can accomplish your little dream and your life in your own strength, it's not from God. You know what this season is all about? This season is all about laying down that which we could produce in our own flesh, allowing the Spirit of God to do through us what we cannot do ourselves. How do you access it? Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I want to invite you to stand with me wherever you are. You may be sitting in your couch, sitting at home. You've got to wait on the Lord. And I want to invite you just to lift your hands wherever you are. We're going to take a moment to worship while we wait. Why don't you just close your eyes, posture your heart. Say, God, I wait upon you. I'm going to worship while I wait. I'm going to meditate upon your word. I look to the left, can't see you, I go to the right, I don't perceive you. I try to move forward, but it's just darkness in front of me. And even I go backward and I know you're there somewhere, but I can't really see or find where you are. But yet I know that your character can be trusted. And I know that when I've come through this, that we shall come forth as pure gold. And that we're going to resolve in our heart, oh God, to 
hold fast to Your Word to allow You to order our steps and for You to do what we can't do. And so right now, Spirit of God, would You come and flood every house with Your renewing strength and presence, fill every heart, every mind. Let the atmosphere of that lounge room, let the atmosphere of that bedroom, let the atmosphere right now, even as people watch through the lens of technology, let the power of the Spirit break out in every home. Let revival and renewal, let that river run, O God, in every heart, in every home, in every person today. Let this Word be life to our spirit, energy to our bones. Let it renew us, let it do something inside of us, oh God, that no pop psychology or self-will could ever accomplish, oh God. It is not by might, it is nor by power, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Wherever you are right now, come on. Why don't we just lift up a sacrifice of worship, a sacrifice of praise to God. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.